On this episode of Off The Bit, we have an interview with jockey manager to the stars, we call him, John Walter. He has Tim Clark and Josh Parr. We get an insight into the world of jockey managing. We have heaps of racing news. We've got Chautauqua. We've got all our segments. We've got the NRL uh, with Hubie Brown. He's back. A lot of people criticize for not having him. Criticize. 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 Uh, let's go. The views and opinions put forth in this podcast by Yellowman and Roy's Reese are our views and our views alone. There's no room here for scathing attacks on the information we provide or the bullshit that manifests. We take a lot harder walk through the vast yawning chasm that is racing and sport and life. And if you don't like it, well, free free to jog on. That's your man, Yellowman. I'm your boy, Roy's Reese. This is the Off the Bit podcast, and we prefer our listeners shaken, not stirred. Not stirred. Yeah, yeah, mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two. This is the Off The Bit Podcast. This is episode 15. We're back. Today is Tuesday, the July the 24th, <laughs> and Chautauqua is still in the gates. He's still not out. He's not out. He's, still, he's staying in there forever. That's the words from Rose Hill anyway. That's his home now. Yep. He just lives in the gates. Might as well just like put some bedding down and get him some <laughs> carrots and shit and just let him nestle. Oh, uh, Chautauqua. We have a, a cracking show. We've got a... Uh, interview with John Walter, as we alluded to in the in the jump. Uh, we'll do all of our race news. Uh, the Open Championship just finished. Uh, we've got uh, NRL Hubies back. But uh, let's start off with the the most poignant race news is Chautauqua. Like we've been saying, we've been championing this guy from the start of our podcast in the bad essence because we just want we are un, we're very well aware that he's uh, accumulated eight point something million dollars and. He's done everything he needs to do, and finally, this is the time that he actually gets. My man just wants a break, you know. He's yeah, he just fucking, yeah, he's old and grey. Done. He's yeah. a grumpy. Like I said, remember if we go back, he's that old fucking angry dude at the RSL. Yep. Just doesn't grey head dude, silver head, silver fox. Doesn't mess around yeah. anymore. He's like fuck off, Susan. I'm yeah. opening this shit. He's a bit anymore. charming, yeah. you know. Walks past the girls with the, "How you doing?" And then <laughs> oh, when yeah. they, you know, want to get in the car, and he goes, "His old yeah. shaggy that runs up, he goes." How you doing, champ? You hey, winning? Hey, yeah. <laughs> Chautauqua, he man. He kind of has that look about gone. him too. When he, when, he, he does. when he doesn't jump, he just looks up and he's like, yeah. what do you want me to do? I'll tell you what, the funniest thing to take out of that is the, the pressure they put on Tommy, which is, uh, you know, Wayne Hawks had to address it on racing.com where they actually, between Brett Navdullah and, Dame, and Dwayne Dunn, where he still wasn't jumping, they were just thinking that Tommy was this mythical unicorn that was going to come <laughs> across from Hong Kong and jump on him. And then, lo and behold, he did so in Melbourne in a jump out, and he jumped and probably jumped well, the quickest. Well, let's, and let's be fair. He did do it with um, Pakistan Star as well. So he did? No, I was, I was like, a, like, he's, he's got a gift for yeah, uh, he, bringing horses back. Bringing these menace horses back in, in, yep. in the Not anymore. Frame, but never more. Quote the Raven. Oh, well, never more. Yep. We'll see. Well, well so, I, I, I would, I say, I would goes, say, I hope he's done. They'll give him one more trial. They'll give that guy one more trial. For sure they will. Like, like flogging it at horse. <laughs> Literal. Oh, not dead, yeah, don't, yeah. don't wish that on anyone. Yeah, yeah. But he's, he, honestly, what more can he prove now? He's basically, he's, he's laying back else. in the barriers. Uh, uh, jockey, a jockey by the name of Ryan Wiggins coined it very well. He said uh, in, in a Twitter post that, Horses, when when they show these signs of not wanting to jump or they 
they exhibit that sign for a reason. They don't want to be a part of whatever they're in. A lot of them are malicious and a lot of them are mean and nasty and whip around and rear up and stuff like that. He's, he's a placid guy. He's basically just laying back and just going, you know what, fam, no. That's pretty much me. Like, done. You know what, fam, yeah. no more sharks. Oh, did, did we did we talk about it in the, one of the previous episodes that he might have been, might have someone might have actually whispered in his ear that he's worth eight million or he's accumulated eight million? He's like, eight million? Get fucked. Dollars, what? <laughs> Fucking really? I haven't seen it. Oh, really? All of it? I'll get carrots. Well, the fuck? Get a <laughs> rug. If he even gets carrots, you know? So they fucking like put me on a fucking stupid weird shipment and put me on the back of a plane. Eight uh, million dollars? That mm-hmm. sucked. Fuck this shit. That's pretty much what he's yeah. done. That's my take. Sacra. Sacra's done. Uh, no, he's not. He's not. Take. There will be one more episode of Off the Bit where we have to talk about Shadakwa. But... but- Shataka himself is done. He's over. Oh, he's been he's done. Had he's, enough. Yeah, he's, yeah. Dude, he's been done. Shataka just can't even anymore. He can't, he, he's, uh, Shataka is, for an old grey gilding, he's being a 16-year-old girl and just yeah. totally can't even. Yeah, yeah. just can't even. <laughs> what else we got take. going around? I like that take. Yeah? What else we got going around this? Uh, uh, well, in the same trial, we had Winks. You know, winksy winks. Let, let's talk. Right. Let's let's um let's talk about winks enough because I have to hashtag it in the podcast to advertise it. So winks, <laughs> winks trolled. Okay. I, I, I like you. He brings me out. Oh, yeah, I know. As opposed to last week, he brings her out, gets gets her in a bit of shit <laughs> shit ground, and then goes, no 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 no. It's like do you know that old bloke is driving his car and he's like, oh, he's got got himself a, a drag or something like that, yeah. and he's driving along and then all of a sudden he's off on a dirt road and he's like, oh, oh, shit, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Just like reverses Let me try it and, back down and then yeah. puts it back on the nice road and, yeah. you know. Don't 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 scuff the tyres. Yeah. Fair enough. It's an expensive car. Yeah. Yeah. When you get, when, you horse. First, when you first buy rims, it's basically like parking your favourite car when you first bought like new polished rims. Back in the day, they used to have chrome rims and you'd like, you'd take an eight point turn to park your car because you just want to scuff those buggers. That's basically what Hugh Bowman's doing to Winks. Yeah. He keeps talking. Does he talk about it like he's a Ferrari? She is a Ferrari. Yeah. She, 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 what do you, what do you think? Cox Plate, number four? Um, I'm interested to see if Hugh Bowman can actually knuckle down and win the premiership without being distracted by Winks. That's a hot take. How about that? That is a, that is a hot take. Mm. Um, He's obviously the best rider. Like, no, shout out to Brenton Abdullah, uh, right off the jump. Congratulations to him, but, um, I, I do. We're big firm believers that uh, when Winks is around, Hugh definitely drops the ball a bit. Absolutely. And happy to, uh, Absolutely. It seemed like he was quite happy to give it up. What, you reckon? I think so. He was happy to give it up last time when uh, like Brenton was like eight in front, and then he was like, someone was like, "Hey, Hugh, knuckle down, bud," and he did. Just, and won the premiership. It's just, it's, for me, it's just like Jesus. I get it. She's a really good horse, and if if I was, is she? Oh, big statement. <laughs> Fuck. Went out on limb, eh? Go on, yeah. That's why we're wow. off the bit, mate. We, we do those uh, risky takes. We're know? idiots, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, she's a good horse, is she? Yeah, she's all right. Okay. She's all right. Still waiting to improve myself. But yeah. Um, oh, maybe she wins a four, like, fourth class oh, plate. Look, I might Twisting my wrist, you know, a hand behind the back, you know, say uncle. Maybe maybe <laughs> I might put her in, up in the echelon of, what? what's your horse, Alassio? Alassio, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on other big news, Everest, one of the, the biggest things coming up soon. Uh, Minari, Minari. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We covered that last week. Minari. We you didn't. were here. Minari wasn't in yet. Yeah. No, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, mate. Was he? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he only got put in. <laughs> that day. Was mm, it? Day off. Yeah. I'm glad. Did you phone, you're phoning this one in or you phoned the last one in? I hope to God, Ooh. because I'm going to do a few fucking, I'm not having a good one this week. 
<laughs> uh, for, it was Rolls Reese's birthday on Saturday, and I, I'm looking at him. Don't think he's recovered. To be honest, uh, uh, <laughs> you one of those guys have like a whole week of birthdays, like every no, day. No, no, I had two days. Like I had two days of birthday, but uh, you know, reached ripe old age of 26. Now I'm finding those hangovers a bit harder to get over. And your horse got beat that day. Like when your horse gets yeah, beat uh, on your birthday, look, I, I'd never really banked on the fact of. Her winning, it was a sharp race. She's yeah. not a sharp horse. She yeah. needs to go over a bit more distance. She was going in there for education, which was really good for her. But, you know, speaking of that race, Plague Stone, what an absolute fucking... Wonder what, watch. Hey. Back in the future? Back to the future. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, Plague Stone. Uh, the, the, uh, the, rose, the Rosebud. Man, God damn, what a nice horse. Uh, ticks every box for mine. Um, Flute, just... Did we talk enough about Winks? Yeah, we did. Uh, Winks. Yeah, no. Winks. Can I say it again? Mm, Just one more. One more. Big one. Big one for Winks. Me. Oh, actually, it, it, while I'm shamelessly plugging Winks, why aren't I doing it to us? Um, as everyone knows, we're on iTunes, uh, and uh, we this apps uh, this episode actually Rolls Reese is brought to you, brought to us, brought to them by the uh, off the bit Facebook group. Um, we're so like self centered, we shamelessly plug ourselves <laughs> to plug our own stuff. But uh, if <laughs> it's uh, it's a little idea I concocted, and now new, new, new and improved, uh, well, or yeah, brand new, brand new. Yeah, we're on Instagram. So follow us on. Obviously, if you've got an iPhone, go to the iPhone uh, purple podcast app, search off the bit, follow us, subscribe, uh, five star raters, add a comment, all that sort of stuff that we like to do. Uh, also, we're on Twitter at, at underscore off underscore the underscore bit. I hate doing that because it just doesn't resonate with Who me. Who made that? But we are me. Uh-huh. But um, we're on Instagram. So all of our jokes that are audible jokes. Uh, that are inaudible, so if they're like ones you got to actually look at, uh, we post them, and all their videos uh, are getting posted online at uh, we are at Off the Bit Podcast on Instagram. So don't do anything between now and like whatever you're doing. If you, I don't care if you're driving. Um, <laughs> I don't. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I don't. Um, follow us at uh, Off the Bit on Instagram. Off the Bit Podcast on Instagram. Um, so Winks, so we're done. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> okay, we're done. Oh. All right. Um, Let's talk about the Kosciuszko. Uh, uh, happy with that? I like yeah. this new initiative. I'm where still you can... waiting for someone to explain to me. Yeah, it's easy, man. You get a bunch okay. of punters all around New South Wales yep. that like to just drink like two years old, like through I, gaps in their teeth. And well, then, well, you drink two I, I drink two years old. Got a gap in your teeth? Not far these, off. These, these, fuck off. These, <laughs> these are pearly whites. I am constantly commenting on my dude. <laughs> oh, right there. And you, and you, oh, like, and you point, take, mate. and you take to mm. task people that like say something about your teeth. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't be telling people out there that I got a gap in my teeth. I'm going to have to throw a selfie up on that Instagram, which was at off the, the bit, bit podcast. podcast. Bang. Shameless plug. Winks. That was a good one. Fuck Winks. off. Sick of this Winks bullshit. Okay. Um, yeah. The Kosciuszko. So basically uh, a lot of punters. Uh, shell out $5 and they all get to group together and go and finesse a country trainer out of their horse <laughs> and they have to deal with like the the most weirdest, most abstract punters in most humans. They're just dealing with weird humans. I don't, there has to be, there's, it's, I can't see it being as, they, they built it as uh, just basically they stamped it, bang, $1.3 million race for the country people. There you go, people rejoice. So a bit Jesus-y. What, 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 it's a bit Jesus. What they're doing is. They turn water into wine, <laughs> bread into fish. Not sure how the Bible went. And good races into shit. Good premises. I think they could have done yeah, this I think a it's lot a good better. race. I think they're just convoluting how it's actually going to go about. They're like, just... fuck. So my, my, my take on this is how it's working. 
you buy a raffle ticket, yeah? Yes, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm yep. shagging down the pub, got yep. a bit of a whistle in his tooth because oh. you can't bloody talk quite right. Oh, look at the teeth you got. Don't. <laughs> I'm shagging. Stop cutting me off. I'm shagging down the pub. I buy a raffle ticket for $5, right? Yes. I win shagger. the raffle. Yep. I'm, I'm the raffle. Thanks. Oh, I'm going to win the raffle. Oh, I'm going to win the raffle. Yeah. You, I, you won the raffle. Fucking down, right. won the raffle. Now what do I get to do with my raffle ticket? Hold it. Hold it. Hold what it. What else do I get to do Hold with your raffle ticket? Hold Tell it me. Close. Tell me. What you do is, mate, you then contact your local team. I'm not fucking sure. I, I get I get to choose whatever horse I want to put in that's with a... Nominated trainer? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. That's what I mean. Like, I'm a bit confused about what Imagine happens. being a drunk punter. <laughs> like, full to the tip on you. Yeah, my mate's got a horse that runs around the, around the corner. It's going to the Kosciuszko, yeah, mate. Yeah, it's going to just put in the Kosciuszko. It's fucking it's exactly what could happen, from my understanding. So you're going to have the greenest it's, fucking it's the thing. Most, it's the it's most be bogan race. It's lengths behind. Yeah. I'm much more impressed with the Hoffman. No, no, actually, um, you know what I do like about the Kosciuszko is that we're going to see, before we get to the Hotham, because the Hotham's great, the Kosciuszko is going to have the most trashest trophy <laughs> you can ever imagine. Like, the fucking Everest, <laughs> the Everest is like, I'll tell you what, if I was it's a- It's the bougiest thing you've a, ever if seen. I was a tra- if I was a trophy at a bar and the Everest walked up, I'd definitely try to fuck it. That's <laughs> but, how good looking it is. It's a sexy fucking trophy. I think it's too much. Because Oscar's hey. just going to be some bland, grey looking yeah, thing. You, you were a rapper, so you like all that bling shit. I bet you had a set of grills when you were younger too, eh? Oh, I did. No, I... I <laughs> <laughs> the Pokemon? You got no. the tinfoil and put them over your teeth? <laughs> I got the actual, the, the platinum chain that turned oh. fucking green and made my neck green. Oh, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> <laughs> See? Good times, good times. Bling That's getting a low case. I'll, I'll, humbly, I'll humbly take a cox plate, thanks. Okay. <clears throat> um, That's racing news. Yep. Sport news. Um, well, we, uh, we can't really cover much of the the, the open just happened. Uh, Tiger Woods was back for one fucking day for Saturday. He was uh, actually back, and then Saturday night something happened and he was shit again. So I'm not too sure what happened there. Speaking of Eddie Pepperell, heard the story oh, about Eddie Pepperell. Yeah, yeah. So stunk Friday, stunk Saturday. Shit. Goes into the clubhouse with his agent or his, his caddy, his, his manager. Whatever it is. Think, yeah. I, I'm imagining like Happy Gilmore walking in he with that bum terrible. dude that's got one one shoe on. Yeah, yeah. Walks yep. in, Eating. gets on the sauce a little bit. Yep. By a little bit, we mean a lot. Wakes up, hungover, comes out and hits the best round of the fucking tournament. Shoots Ends a up finishing, 467. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tied, tied for eighth. Yeah. Yeah. What a, and just like basically gives hope to every mug. <laughs> I never play a game of golf without having a couple of beers. Never. I don't care if we tee off at six. We Put can't do anything without a couple of beers. So we can't even do this show without having a couple of beers before. You, you it. can't. So no, we've I, that. I can't. I've well, I didn't last week, and we all know how that fucking you're very turned like, out. You're very itchy and scratchy today, man. Oh, mate. Mm. But you need a beer. I need a beer. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, that's that's one of the greatest stories. Uh, firstly, his name's Eddie Pepperell. Like that's probably one of the coolest names ever. Secondly, he knew his uh, time at the Open was shot, so he was like, you know what, I'm going to get on the source. And then he's like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm going to have to go and play in an 18. And he shot, like, his career best, 67, 400, on treacherous conditions. Like, the course was horrible. Course one, the course absolutely dominated. Um, great, 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 great tournament, though. Um, and our whispers, our, if anyone listened to the last episode, the, uh, the jockey whispers. Jockey whispers, that I can't really whisper right. So basically, uh, looking back, I think we had uh, Rory McIlroy as one of our tips. And uh, happy the fat rat barn rat. He, um, <laughs> he didn't win either, so... 
Tommy Fleetwood, Joe Dirt of golf. No, all that. That's all. That's on last week's episode. If you want to go listen back to that. But uh, Jockey Whispers didn't work for this PJ. No good. That one comes up in two weeks. We'll do another one of them. Yep. Uh, we've got uh, a great interview with John Walter. Here he is. And here we go. Okay, so on the Off The Bit podcast, we have John Walter. Now, he's the manager to the stars, a jockey manager to the stars. He's the manager, jockey manager of Tim Clark and Josh Parr. And, uh, mate, thank you for coming on board because, firstly, you're, you've broken our virgin virginity of, uh, of uh, being the first <laughs> jockey manager we have on. So it's very special, and, and I, hope, uh, I, hope you, uh, uh, I hope you enjoy it, you know, basically. Josh Park, Tim Clark, stars. You're kidding. Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till they hear this. Oh st- my God. Stars in our eyes, mate. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> we've been plenty on the uh, on the winning end of them. Um, let's deep yeah, dive straight in. Especially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's deep dive straight into your career, basically, as the manager of these two boys. Now, uh, I'm aware that you just started with them. Maybe let's uh, get a time frame of when you started, took, taking over. So I'll go back a bit. I've, I've, I've known them for a, a bit longer. I've sort of got more of a, a form background and, and got to know them a little bit through a, a third sort of party friend and started talking to them more about their races and things like that before they come up. Tim Tim more than Josh, but obviously they're brother-in-law, so they yeah. communicate as well. And uh, probably over a year or two, I, I was, would talk to them about uh, you know races, in not, not every day, but you know if they had a query over something or or uh, maybe a big race, they wanted to ask whether they thought a horse in particular could could measure up to a sort of a race before they took the ride. They, they might give me a call. And then uh, Josh actually had a, a, an injury where he had an operation on his hip and he was out for six months. And, and while he was out, he sort of said, oh, listen, I'm, I'm looking for a change. Would you think about doing it, you know, the job? And I thought, well, uh, yeah, okay, maybe. I was like, trial it out and see how I go. And he was happy to do that anyway, because he was coming back, you know, it wasn't as if he was going to put himself in any jeopardy and, and uh, I enjoyed it. And then after about 12 months, like Tim talked to me about it a little bit earlier and I said, mate, just hang on just to make sure that I, uh, you know, if I'm any good at it, number one, and if I yeah. enjoy it. And, and then after a certain, you know, about sort of six or 12 months, he came across as well. And, and yeah, that was, I think two years ago coming up for Josh and the yeah, 18 months for Timmy. So, yeah, it's been good fun. What were you doing previously? So I, um, background sort of, yeah, as you know, I worked for Gelco and that sort of syndicate situation, then went and worked for a corporate for a while. Uh, and then after that, I was just, just doing my own stuff. So just doing form and uh, uh, providing information on, on New South Wales racing, basically. So I still do that, but uh, and it overlaps with, with the boys because I, I basically do all the work anyway. And I picked up, like I do everywhere, and I picked up Aaron Bullock as well. Oh, yeah, super. Uh, about at the start of this year. So, yeah, which is great because I, I sort of I enjoy the country provincial uh, probably more than the city stuff, and he that's where he predominantly rides, so it's good. He's your bread and butter, isn't he? Like he's like Chris Lees has taken him under his wing, and uh, I know he had a bit of time off there, Bullock, but once he hit the scene, uh, less, I'll, I'll probably say about a year and a half. Is that, is that right when he come yeah, back? Yeah, he, he's been around a while. He's probably, so he was this time last year, he was working on the roads. Like he, he literally couldn't, the weight got out of control and he just took a break. And if you, yep. you like, I've, he's only a, like he's, he's really top heavy, like pretty strong. And, and I've seen his brother, he looks like a little Hulk and it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're just, you know, and he, and he, he like, he runs 10 Ks a day in a sweatsuit most mm-hmm. days to, yep. to keep himself at 58 yep. and then has to lose a couple of kilos if he wants to ride 56. So he, he faces a real uh, battle and any sort of uh, interruption to his uh, daily sort of workout and everything to keep yeah. it all in check is, is a nightmare. But he's 
He's like rededicated himself and he's doing a great job, Aaron. He's, he's a freak. Yeah, country championships have been a godsend to those kind of guys. Hey, especially uh, consistent jockeys, they get rewarded in those big races there. Well, he's probably, you know, if he, he would, he's, he rides in town, he doesn't look out of place. But no, he's, not at all. He's definitely keen to be a Robert Thompson, yep. a Greg Ryan sort of mould. He's of that ilk, isn't he? He's yes. happy to do that. Yeah. Definitely. And, yeah. He's, and he, like you see yesterday, like he rode three yesterday. He, he really does nearly stand out in those areas, just. Especially over the last hundred, if he's horse in a finish, the way he sort of can get a little bit extra out of him. He's, Absolutely. He's strong. pretty strong. Yeah. I like the way that – actually, I like the way that Chris Lee utilises both him and uh, and uh, Funky Gibbons. Gibbons? Um, yeah. because yeah, uh, you know, I love Funky to death, but uh, uh, I think Aaron Bullock definitely, definitely has it over him uh, as far as uh, really getting over. It's a bit, bit like Jeff Penzer-ish, you know. You really want those strong, strong riders on. Uh, whereas uh, yeah, I, I like yeah. Funky because he can put him in places and uh, he does his own thing. I like, I like and it's good he can him. do the he can do the fifty four. And I think yeah. they're pretty much like the two of them realise that whatever's going to work out best for the stable works out. So even if they've won on him last start, if for whatever reason, yep. Aaron's got to ride it next time or, or Gibbo takes over, they're, they're not stressed. They know that they're going to get their fair share and they're they're kind of running off each other, which is great. Absolutely. So you are. Uh, Moving on to these two boys, so you you picked up Josh first, and um, and then you had the, you know, uh, the stars aligned. Yeah, in other really, words. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Do they, they, how did it go? Was it like a was it like well, a, a mafia lunch? Was it sort of you sitting <laughs> down and, and and Josh come in? He's like, we're part of the family. You take Timmy. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm thinking of it. Like a spaghetti bolognese, you know, a bit of Italian and a couple of red wines, and you know, people standing over your was- shoulder intimidate you. I, I was more like I actually because I'd known the boys for quite a while and, and their existing manager was uh, a fellow John, another John actually, and he he had them both. So I was actually more worried about cutting his lunch. It was a bit bit sad. Like it, it was it was tough to, and they had a good relationship with him too. They'd been with him for quite a while, so it was a bit cloak and daggerish. But I didn't want it to be like that. It was it was a bit a bit crazy. But that was the only downside of the whole thing. I think. But once it was all all sorted uh they're a great match and that was the beauty of them they are like family they're the same as say bullock and gibbons yes if if one's out or or josh can't get the weight you know he's happy for tim to try and step in there and they basically keep it within them so you know if it, so if it went to someone else you'd, you'd expect them to maintain the ride whereas these two boys they're happy to sort of interchange a little bit uh if it if it suits everyone yeah and Mate. the beauty of them they're at a similar level the only thing being different is josh a little bit heavier yeah so 90 percent of the time can't have Tim, I'll have Josh. Can't have Josh, I'll have Tim, and everyone's happy, you know. Um, between these two, like you, you're pretty blessed of coming in and having two of the nicest guys, really. Like they are very uh, professional, very uh, personable. Uh, they handle themselves well. Like, how would you go having an absolute diva of a jockey on your books? Could you, re- you reckon you're reckon, up for it? Like, because you're spoiled could, with these two guys because they they both they both perform at Group One level. That everyone loves them. You know, once you start having someone that's a bit of fr- D- a bit Timmy frankest. has to be the nicest jockey to deal with. Josh, D- well, no, I'm oh, calling. Josh, I'm, Josh, call, Josh, I'm calling Josh. Josh. I'm calling Josh. Josh? I'm calling Josh yeah. I haven't had Josh on a horse yet, so can't well, call can, can, can race. They, they say Josh is the best, as in gives the best feedback. He's incredible with owners. They say. Yeah, yeah. Tim's a bit like Stone. I love Tim to death, but he got his Stone sometimes. I love that about him too. But, but I would, I would say Josh. Your sling will be much more animated. Yeah. Is that what it is? And then he's okay. Well, so so he's worth about. 
that's a tip to anyone out there. If you, you know, it doesn't have to be big. You just got to, you just got to know there's something there, and it yeah. just, just becomes a different man. Yeah. So Dylan, Dylan with the boys <laughs> is a pretty of a bit of a dream run for you. How, how do you go with your your trainers? Are they uh, a bit stressful for you, or you, you get through it pretty well? Yeah, like it's, it's, you've got to have multiple personality disorder. You've got to know who you're dealing with. You've got to understand that you know you're, you're going to get ten o'clock phone calls from certain people, four in the morning from others. They're all go, they're four all in the morning. Personality. Oh, you know, I don't answer as many as them as I did at the start. Let me see when I was a bit more diligent. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it goes on silent a bit more, but it, you know the beauty of it, them. There's no shit in, in at all in Josh and Tim. You know they understand that every now and then you've got to explain uh, something that's gone on, but ninety percent of the time you don't. They just understand that things happen, they get taken off horses, they might not be on the, the best horse in the race this week because of their loyalty to, to a certain stable or, or owner, but they understand in the long run it's sort of going to wash itself out, and we've never had a drama really no. uh, oh, between dream. us, uh, which is incredible. You know, like uh, the, you can imagine the things that go on, the stripping of horses, you know, the, the, there'll be overlaps, I'll, I'll make mistakes or have double bookings, you know, that, yes. that happens, yeah. and they're just completely, you know, supportive and understanding, So, which is makes my job absolutely a thousand times easier than if you did have a, a diva or, you yeah. know, they, they, they exist and they oh, mate, they, yeah. there's no, it's, they're it's, out there. It's, and then these guys are great. You know, like you, you do feel part of a, a, a team sort of thing. And, and when they're winning big races and, and riding Saturdays or whatever, you know, they're riding at the top level all the time. It's great fun. Yeah. Whereas if you were dealing with someone who was a little bit more difficult and, uh, you know, that, that, that more conversations took the, uh, you know, the, it was nervous conversations with these guys. It's just nothing, you know, just, yeah. you're just straight up with them all the time. Whereas if you had to tread the tightrope with someone daily, uh, uh, there wouldn't be enough money you could pay me. There's yeah. no way I would yeah. do the job. So, that's, that's the hard part. So what's a typical day for you then? You, you wake up, you answer a bunch of calls. What are you doing? Yeah, kind of now these days I check the missed calls. Uh, whereas I used to have it on. <laughs> so wake up at 10. Calls. All right, we're writing this down. Okay, so up at 10. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, today I was pretty much sure. I've been a bit crook lately. So <laughs> yeah, I yeah. took somebody. I, took, you know, I was a bit groggy this morning. But, you're you're, you're yeah, your own boss, so mate. Get, get, you don't answer to anyone. Exactly. Get back to a few um, few trainers uh, at the start of the day and have a, have a quick look around. I usually yeah, make sure of uh, scratching stuff like that and make sure to check if there's any riders that aren't riding anything to chase up there that might be like little advantages for the day for the guys. I was going to say um, what you send a jockey up to Gosford for, for one ride and they <laughs> get all the way out there and it's scratched. Well, Josh is, Josh is at, uh, he's, he's been off for what, four weeks or something doing home renovations or some crazy thing. And he's, He's riding 56 for the first time today, so I checked Dedicated. this morning. First check was to see whether Josh had got off that or not. <laughs> uh, and, but he, he, he's in race five today. It should be interesting. You know, it's just uh, it's, uh, always fun when they've got to sweat, uh, get a waste for the first time after a break, but uh, he's, he's, he's done it by the looks of it. So what we have yeah, with uh, – uh, sorry, mate, I'll, I'll inter- in, right. interject you one for, sec- for one second. We have uh, – our podcast sort of panders a lot to racing and a lot to sport. Um, so just for the people that aren't aware – uh, let's say um, races are on a Saturday. Uh, jockeys have X amount of rides. When does your job start, and what day do you start booking rides for that jockey? Say uh, Monday I, through Friday. So if I look at my calendar now, Saturdays are pretty are pretty brutal. So you've got or this Saturday obviously sorted. The following Saturday already, yep, we've sort of got four or five for Timmy, two or three for Josh, and three for Aaron. So we're already into. 28th, um, oh, sorry, not the 28th, the foot is it? The 4th, is it? Something. Yeah, the yeah. 4th. Saturday, yeah, yeah, the 24th now, yeah. And then, yeah. No, you're doing and then you've got, I'm, I'm going <laughs> you just great. just woke up, I'm did you? Great. 
I got a doctor's appointment on the eighth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few right. There's already people into the eleventh now, yep. and one on the fifteenth. So you've got a few that like to go heavily in advance, and then there's it's just certain trainers really. Like you get, like you said, some are asleep. Ninety percent. There's probably two or three trainers minimum that don't even t- think about a jockey until acceptances have come out. They just don't even care, you know, which yep. amazes me considering the amount of work and effort that goes into getting a horse to a race that you wouldn't be trying to Absolutely. line all the boxes up, but each to their own, you know, whatever. Yep. So, but you know that, you know, and you get to, they're, they're so uh, habitual, these trainers, the, the guys that are two or three weeks in advance always are, you know, and you get to know when. Can you let us know what trainers, trainers they are? Yeah, the oh, yeah we'll, bleep, we'll bleep ones. them out, just call them out. <laughs> the early, trust us, trust us, just bleep, bleep them. Lee's is incredible considering the amount of horses he's got, you yeah. know, with Aaron. He, he, like he's already, you know, sort of a week and a half advanced with me all the time, which is great so that I can try and fill around him. Like Aaron's a dream yep. client because you've got, you know, Lee's is like, I think he's up to 62 winners for Lee's this yes, year. So yeah. there's you know, 62. And it, as you said, he started in September, October last year. He missed the first couple of months. So. He, uh, he he's the dream client, whereas the the boys have got a couple of stables who support them that are nice and early. Gay's always really early. Yep. Uh, Les Bridge is a little bit more difficult because he's very relaxed these days and he's yes. more worried about his, these, uh, his golf game a bit. These of the old but, school guys, man, they're hard to hone in, aren't they? They're hard. That's, oh, that's the one thing I find. I just haven't had time to... To, to have a look at the race for that one yet, but I'll, I'll get back to you. Yeah, Speaking, that's totally speaking of, I'm, I'm just on the, I'm, I'm, I'm on the 17th. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call yeah, you in an hour. I'll just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of, when, when do you, uh, when do you get holidays? When do you find time for yourself? Me? Never. No, I, I, I literally work and work from anywhere. So it's not, it's not too stressful. Like I went to America for six, six weeks at the end of the year last year and who, who took basically over? worked the whole time. <laughs> oh, you yeah, did? No, it was here. I stayed. Yeah. I was, no, was going to well, say. It's actually not too bad over there. How's, yeah, how's yeah. a four AM call from Vegas go yeah, to, uh, yeah. to Miss Waterhouse? I'm sure that'll go down like an absolute Vegas dream. It's like one o'clock in the Arvo, so it's sweet. It's <laughs> Every, everyone couldn't believe how on the ball I was. No one knew I was away. It was great. <laughs> did it? Uh, did it uh, affect your punting game? Did you like? Oh, look, I'm up on the roulette table now. Hang on, I've got to go and actually like do my job. Yeah, there was a bit of that too. There was a bit. Of, yeah. There was a bit of that too, and. Trying to, trying to con the people into saying, you know, I'm not trying to cheat at Blackjack while well, I've got the tab app up, you know, watching a race from, from Wild or something, which yeah. was a little bit different as well. They're like, yeah, but then, you know, they sort of wanted to know what to back after that. They were, they were, they were all wanting to chime in. So it was, it was good fun. So uh, with the, uh, this is another like behind the curtain part for uh, mm. just sport punters, um, you get a percentage of the jockey's earnings, correct? Yeah, yeah, correct. So it's, it's yeah, every, everyone's different. They yeah, like that, they don't pay you a wage. with it. No, they, no, no wage. I think there's some there's some that do. So say you there's, there's riders who want a bit of exclusivity. They might you, we're allowed to have five riders, right? Maximum yep. due to you know not wanting to collude and all these things. So right. they 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 manage you to they they cut you to five. So you want to make sure that you've got your maximum earning out of those five if you if you want to make a full time gig of it. And if a rider wants less, they'll they'll often offer you a, a retainer plus. Yeah, or, okay. or they might cut your percentage and. And some people, some managers want a retainer. I don't think it's, it's not like uh, too many other industries where where it's uh, it's it's very different. So, but you've just got to negotiate before you kick off what you what you look for. Whereas Tim and Josh and I, they were like, you want to do it? Yeah, okay. And then I just wait and don't get paid, and I, I don't even know what they pay me. They're just uh, it's all a trust relationship where we're all as hopeless as each other. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what amount of that money that they pay you do you 
like in turn invest in every ride they have. Because if I was a manager, <laughs> like I, I, I want to get you, I want to just like, I want to let you, I, I've been approached a few times to be uh, a manager and I weigh up two two very pivotal things. One is that like I very val- very much value golf time, very much. And I know that, that you've really got to be on the pump there. So that was a bit of a, like a, a red flag. And second is that well, I just love a punt. The problem is Wednesdays too, right? Wednesdays yeah. is when acceptance <laughs> yeah. come out Saturday. Yeah. So, you know, your, your golf days are normally sort of Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah. You go. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's big trouble. And you know how good, this is like my unwritten rule. You know how good a day weather-wise Wednesdays are? For some reason, <laughs> Wednesdays are just like the most beautiful. You walk out, the birds are chirping, there's not a breeze, there's no cloud in the sky, and you're like, I'm just reckon it's oh, halfway through your week, mate. Up. The trainers are chirping, I've got people chirping. <laughs> yeah, <around>. yeah, <laughs> your, no your phone's chirping, yeah. So you, you hear, <laughs> brr, brr, and like, I'm hearing birds, you're hearing your phone. Yeah, okay. Well, that's why I didn't want to be a part of it. Number two is that, like, if I had a stable full of jockeys, uh, I'm just a, I'm a real mug punter. We all are mug punters. And uh, I'll just be like, you know what? It's 100 to 1, but my boy's on it. So I'm going all in. So uh, do, do you have to do- going the other way, mate? This is a, yeah, so I don't know if you like Twitter, right? Yesterday I Love put it. on there treble for Aaron. Aaron's ridden a, uh, a treble at Scone, so treble at Thin, finishing me off strongly. In the first race yesterday, I've had we bought five yearlings. Um, a mate of mine's of good good picking horse anyway. Thought we'd have a crack at trying to buy some yearlings. Yep, and uh, shared them through a few of us, you know, whatever. So the first one that made it to the races yesterday ran. Yes, and uh, Aaron couldn't ride it because uh, Chris Lee's had one in the race that he'd ridden previously, and Chris booked him early. So Mitchell Bell rode my my horse, whatever. And anyway, mine's sort of come back, come through, hit the front. Aaron's beaten it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, could you see it coming? So, so I've written treble for Aaron Bullock. Blah blah. The horse is called More Chili. My horse is called Bill and Ted. Tim Clark, first person to come in. Like, explain well, that well, one for us. Aaron, you really lifted more chili. Yeah. yeah. So, so he's hammering me. Yeah. Aaron comes in, had to beat that first starter with a happy, you know, smiling. So, so they, they actually, they take more pleasure in knowing when I've had a bet. Oh, that absolutely. They can yeah. Bury me than if I back their horse and it wins. So. I've got I've got three little garden names out there that are trying to jam me at every possible opportunity. It's, uh, <laughs> we won't you know, let it's you hard enough to find a winner. We won't let you go one more second in this podcast without telling us why you named a horse Bill and Ben. Oh, Bill and Ted. Bill, Bill and Ted. So I was the managing owner early and then sort of stepped away because I got a bit busy and they took off and I never even put a name in. And the, the brother's name's Chuck and Paul. Oh, yeah, Chuck I and believe, Paul, yeah, Beyond, beyond I Baker. I believe there were some other horses there, that, yes. the, the other names that went through and, and I don't know how Bill and Ted went in there. And then, of course, the first email you get, so hopefully we have an excellent adventure, not a bogus journey or something for the Bill and Ted for the, the movie people out yeah, there. So absolutely. it was really great. So yep. we're popping it. Yep. So we're copying all the puns and we're going to cop the name, but I, I haven't been establishing with the name Bill and Ted before, but Bill and Ted is famous for being Keanu Reeves and just some other guy. <laughs> That's it, yeah, the bloke who never, ever, yeah, yeah. Esquire, Bill yeah. and Ted, Sean Esquire. And the guy that had probably a massive drug problem and faded away into Hollywood <laughs> bliss. Yeah. Um, so, so if you weren't a, uh, a, a manager, what would you be doing yes. right now? Let us know. Probably the same thing, Sick. I'd have Warren race two on. I'd be betting like it is. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it, 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 was, it fits in with me. Like it's literally, it just, uh, it yeah. actually complements everything I do perfectly. It's a, a dream job as in the, most of the time. Like you've always got your stressful things that happen with any job, but it just, it doesn't really add much more stress to my life when all you do is, you know, dealing with these sort of situations anyway. So it's, uh, it's, it's I'd be still punning. I'll be still doing form and, and watching all the races, yep. except I just get to 
get to deal with a couple of uh, really really good blokes and be part of their experience as well, which is which is really good. That's fun. what it's all about. Hey mate, I can imagine Absolutely. now you're in uh, in primary school and the teacher goes, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" Oh, just a punter. Yeah, to, to, to hurt, hurt yeah. the mice. Yeah, we had we, pretty much. Yeah, that was pretty much it. We had Michael mm. McGill on. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you would have uh, crossed paths or at least uh, known Michael McGill. The, he's done a lot yep. of interviews with racing people, and he was on uh, two weeks ago. and And he said that he, he basically uh, he grew up. Where was it? Was it? Um, where did he grow up? Barrel? Barrel. Yeah, yeah, Barrel. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, Southern Highlands. And he was, uh, yeah, the Southern Highlands. And he was getting, uh, as a young young kid, uh, an old guy would take him to the races and be able to put bets on. So, like, as a 14-year-old back in the day, he, he, he wouldn't, ele- he wouldn't uh, deep dive deep into how old he was, but he was basically saying that he could just, like, as a 14-year-old, go to the races and put bets on and hold for the hold the bag for the for for the bookies and stuff so uh, he like we said to him like he's our kind of guy like that's that's our yeah. salt of the earth stuff well, that's my, what we like my mother ran a tab in like Parramatta somewhere there and, you go see that's and, all it is uh, and my it's, old man's a complete degenerate so it's I, inception <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's inception tickets. I reckon I was Bread I would have been it. under five or six and I was filling tickets out for people in the tab so yeah yeah, what hope did I have? Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, that's what we like. A lot we like here. So, so in <laughs> ho- horse racing terms, you'd you'd be a uh, a degenerate out of a bookie. Yeah, yeah, good breeding, yeah, great good, breeding, good, good, mm. good, good stock. Yeah, yeah said you know, I paid tons for that. Um, what I what is really get a stallion roster feet the way they go now? It doesn't matter. You don't have to do anything. You don't even have to have a race start. To you don't. No, nah, exactly. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Here's a good question. Um, now, I just want to like, I'm not sure if you've dealt with too many journalists like us, but what what we do is we like to preface. <laughs> journalists? Oh. Yeah, little J journalists, not little capital J. J. <laughs> yeah. We like to preface like a, a question with, here's a good question, so that we can lull like <laughs> our guest into thinking it's a really good question. So, and it works, it works, I, I guarantee it works 100% of the time. So here's a good question. You ready? <laughs> What is the highlight you've had? Uh, between managing Tim and Josh, what's the biggest highlight? You can only choose one. Jeez. Oh, the, the dark dream, probably. Yes. Yeah, dark yeah. dream winning. Dark dream yeah. winning. Okay. It was, it was, yeah, because it was the first time I've been a, a, like apart from, you know, it, it had a little bit of a ride with the horse, picked it out. It wasn't as if it was a pickup ride. And yeah, we had a bit to do with it. It was good fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we can touch a little bit on that. Uh, it's a it's a sad little story, that, isn't it? At the end of that, uh, uh a it's culmination a, a of mini roller coasters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for anyone that's not privy, uh, 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 Kembla Grange trainer Kerry Parker, uh, his first, he's he's maiden Group One winner. He's uh, been training for twenty odd years and and a very astute group place trainer. Like he's just had a little bit of bad luck with barriers in the past. He's run second in an Oaks. He ran third in a Doncaster, and he finally got his cherry with a a, a bonny little. Um, uh, can you say bonny if it's a gelding? Yeah. Probably not. No, yeah. no, nah, nah, Bonnie Mare, isn't it? Yeah. Oh well, a real gutsy trier in uh, in Dark Dream that uh, won his maiden Group One, which is the uh, Brisbane Derby, uh, with Tim Clark aboard. And uh, as things have unfolded after that, uh, the horse has been uh, moved on. Uh, I think sold uh, and yeah, taken off. Taken off him. He's bought. He won the Hong Kong Derby there a couple of years ago, and yeah, same guy. He, he basically chases those those sort of yes. horses. Yeah, so so let's uh, let's peel back the curtain on that one. We, as far as uh, your aspect of being a manager, that's uh, obviously Tim Clark stuck with it for uh, was it the three three lead up runs or maybe four? Yeah, it was only three, so we were lucky. Uh, I know Brent Dollar had a, had a few wins on him early and, and yep. had had some other commitments, kind of that he couldn't really commit to the horse early in his prep, and I chased pretty hard to 
to get on. I know I, I spent a bit of time on the phone kissing Kerry's ass pretty hard and yeah. telling him how, yep. how big a champion I thought his horse was. Yep. And uh, and he, he was nice enough to go into bat for Tim and, and try and lock him in for the preparation, which was which was really uh, which was really good of him. Yeah. And and then Tim Tim won on him, gave him sort of good rides every start, which is which is handy because you're always under a little bit more pressure with the horse. You know, sort of working towards that grand final, and you want to yep. you don't want to stuff up on the way. And uh, and then he was lucky enough to sort of to hang on to him and get the result in the in the grand final as well. And rode him a treat like he took off like a the pace slackened a little bit, and he showed his initiative. And a lot it's funny how a lot of people thought, oh, he's gone too early, but like Tim knew the horse and. He knew that Kerry trained him to the minute and, and the horse just attacks the line. So it was never any drama about him uh, staying the distance, even though, even though he's by All-American. Um, Tim, Tim took great pleasure in uh, the start before Larry Cassidy rode him at, at, uh, at uh, well, the same place, obviously Doom, and they don't raise a legal farm, do they? So yep. Doom yeah. and, um, and he, he knew that I'd, I'd had probably the biggest bet I'd had in about five years on him that day. And, and <laughs> yeah. he had great pleasure yeah. in him not running down yeah. uh, the, the, uh, the David Hayes horse, I think it was, yeah. that yep. beat it that day. And, and he, he knew, like, he, he was very quiet. So he, he'd given up the lead that day, Larry, and, and sort of let the other horse dictate, gave him a little bit too big a start and, and probably looked beaten on the turn. But if you know the horse, he's sort of a, the kind of horse that's never beaten. He really does chase that line like he just refuses to give up and and even when he was beaten in that grand prix and it, it didn't surprise you that he ripped a shoe and had some pretty solid excuses after the race because yeah he's just that sort of dog fighting horse that, that just never gives in and and tim knew that then tim suits those sort of horses like he, he, he really does like putting in the horse into the race early and yep. and being there and he's quite strong in a finish so that that he knew that he this is a horse that can't be ridden pretty yeah, it has to be ridden ugly, and and there are plenty of horses like that. So he had he he, uh, he, he, did, he got away with it. He had actually ridden uh, a stayer for Kerry Parker in the past called Planet Purple, um, mm-hmm. in the very same ilk that you just had to ride that thing ugly as hell. Uh, this is pretty, pretty like Kerry. Uh, for a start, like just off the top, Kerry is one of the like nicest, most personable people in racing and uh and it's a damn shame that had to happen to him but he will forever be uh renowned as having his horses on 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 song on on the on the day uh especially with stayers and uh if you I find with Kerry's horses once they present themselves with a run if you 800 uh 600 400 they um Keep him in momentum. He just trains them that well. He's a, a astute trainer of stayers. So they're line finders and they're very consistent. You know, yep. like he probably, as you said, doesn't get the greatest uh, cattle compared to most. He doesn't get the numbers. So yep. considering the numbers he has and what he's exactly what you said, you can you can always expect his horses to hold their form. They they very rarely sort of peak and trough. They they sort of build 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 in their preparations. He's he's very much that sort of. A trainer and, and they don't you know that what you see is what you get with Kerry and and what you see is what you get dealing with him too he's, he's been nothing but honorable and, and great to deal with uh, from my perspective as well yep absolutely absolute champion bloke so so going forward uh English Timmy Timmy got the win in the Dooman 10,000 on English as well was that uh, not your highlight yeah. as well? Yeah, I was going to say that's what I was expecting well, to come I, up. I, I don't want to leave Josh out. The first group won, besides. So oh, I see. A, I told a, you. A bit of a I, you know, I did, no, no, no. Just oh, I'm going to hold you. Up. Remember, <laughs> if we rewind it back, I said, "Here's a good question, right?" <laughs> and yeah, it's turned oh, out to oh, be yeah, a I'm really good one. It doesn't matter what you get to get attacked. But <laughs> background is, I've never had a drink, right? I've never had a drink. Never had a drug. I'm like, I'm, I'm like the the only junkie I am is a horse racing yes. junkie. I guess yep. what you mean. So yep. they've always attacked me that I've never had a drink. So. Yes. The, the deal was if whoever went to group one, I'll, I'll have a drink with them. And then yeah. Josh was the first. He picked up Charles sort of on a Monday and, 
and won the won a group one there and yep. uh and then actually Timmy won second group one on the same horse in Adelaide. Yeah, he, uh, he did. Oh, was it yeah. the other way around? And then, and then English as well. So yeah. Tim picked up three in four or five or six weeks. So it was yeah. great. But uh, So you drink the now? Group one. Yeah. I had, I had <laughs> half a beer or something in his yeah. house and just about spat it all over. Disgusting. I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. I think he, he tricked me up with some disgusting ordinary beer. I think it was some probably some cheap thing knowing him. And, uh, and, and I haven't gone again since. Whereas Tim's the opposite. Like, all these group ones have been interstate. Yeah. And the bastard can't wait to get on the plane and go back just to abandon me. I would have been happy to have a drink with him, but he's a dog. He, just, he leaves me out. He's just, I'm just his little Uber. So, and uh, off he goes. So, yeah. you, so you, uh, you're, uh, this is another thing to deep dive in with you. With, with mm. uh, you're an avid golf fan. Yeah, so Matt, I, back in the day, it was sort of a golfer punter, and then as in as it, I worked out, I wasn't really a golfer. I become more of a punter, <laughs> yeah, like okay. you, like yeah. most of us, eh? But you still practice the art of golfing. You still you just have a hit. Oh yeah, I still remember it. Of course, in the corner, I don't get there. Like I got a little three year old who sort of sucked the life out of the golfing yes. careers as well. Yeah, but, family. Uh, yeah, speed hunts. Yeah, <laughs> he, I, I reckon I can get him. He's just he's not a big listener. He's a, he's got a bit too much of me in him. He's a bit too hyperactive. So yeah, okay. when I can teach him that not trying to chase a duck with a four iron and, and take its head off is, is what you do at a golf course and try to get him out there. <laughs> yeah. Kids will be kids. Oh, look at him there. He goes just assaulting a duck. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, well, well, I took well, him to top golf the other day. It was the same thing. Like the, Yeah, that, that, that's good. They've opened that up here. It's incredible, but it's, it's not really for a, a three-year-old. We will branch that into a little bit of golf talk, though. Uh, I know you're a golf fan, and, and this is what uh, – if, if no one fo- follows you, uh, what's your Twitter handle? It's uh, – I don't even know. Let's have a look. Is it Jay? Jay Walter? At Jay Walter? Jay underscore Walter 23. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, follow him because I I love your opinion. This is why one of the reasons why we we definitely reached out to you because definitely uh, to share – uh, a story about people that this is the one thing because everyone sees trainers and jockeys they they rarely see strappers and no one ever ever hears about the the behind the scenes with uh with jockey managers so uh other than that you do it's have actually um, interesting because I, I can't speak for others but uh, you know it is a pretty co- it's a layered uh, thing you know depending very. on how, i know say say you got brenton abdullah he's got his manager who's obviously done it doing an incredible job how many winners he's got this year and yeah and then he's got a, a form student in nathan as well so there's Everyone's different, but you can be anything from a you know you're a, a secretary to a psychologist to a to a to a to a whatever every day of the week. It is good fun and it is laid, and you're all forever learning. So it's a it's it's a good thing to sort of talk about because as you say, no one really. I don't even know what the others do. It's it's interesting to so I'd be interested to hear what other managers and how they handle it and what they actually do. So, yeah. yeah. Um. Do you do form for the boys? Yeah. So we we basically I think. My boys are lucky enough, as Josh is about to get nothing on the line here at Wyong. Uh, uh, <laughs> You're watching the races, mate. Nutted, are you paying attention to us? By horses, hey, horses, hey, so. listen, John, we need your full attention, okay, please. This is live, right? This yeah. is live. The, yeah, yeah. Where's yeah, he at? Well, so because they're uh, at a level where where they basically do a lot of it themselves, we have talked about, you know, post-race, we talk about different situations and, and things I believe in and what they believe in and, and we've basically got to a situation now where we're on a level where it, we all understand uh, racing at a, at a similar level. So they might just go through with me races that they've got a little question mark about, whereas before we used to have to do it a little bit more intensely. Now it's just, you know, I, I think I've got 
one, two, three, six sorted. What about race four? What do you think there? Or if I think there's something interesting in the race where there, there might be a weak horse that I think you need to ride a horse a particular way to get the better of that horse, I'll, I'll bring it up. So it's not yep. not as if we go through every race every day, don't send them sheets or anything crazy. It's more a bit of a, a confidence building uh, situation where you just want to have a clear understanding of the race i don't believe in you know i think we're going to be one out one back and yeah and we're going to we're going to do yeah. this we're going oh, to take impossible. off at the 384 meter mark yeah I yeah you don't walk garbage. the track for them you don't walk in and go oh yeah, had the umbrella yeah. out well, of the that, seven eight, the 720 meter mark you might want to shift off one there mm. yeah, anyone who tells me that they, they've got we go out with four plans they're kidding themselves you know you just want to understand your horse you want to understand the competition a little bit you want to understand as you just said the the conditions of the day the track Yep. and go out with that. That's your plan, you know. You just you understand the capabilities of your horse and what it best needs, and ideally, what you know, you, you, what's going to happen happen. But it's just you know, one in five that, that what what you expect to happen happens probably. So yeah, you've got to be ready for the other four out of five, and and that's where the my boys are kind of. I think consistency is really built up because they they're not worried about you know, what happens. They yeah. just, they can adapt pretty easily. And they're just consistent. You know what you get. You uh, For the average punter out there, every time you back these two boys, you want, you know, you know, they're, uh, they just seem to play some role. They never, especially um, Josh Parr, was it uh, in Winx's race? What was the name of that thing where he led by um, panels? Oh, uh, Red excitement. Oh, Red excitement. Yeah. 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 That's that's what I love about having Josh and, and Timmy. They take their initiative and they, they roll the dice in that aspect like i thought well, he, he had that. If, you go, if you look at that race in particular he didn't go quick on that leader he was sort of riding the horse quite well and and to have the confidence to like he would have known he was a long way in front he can hear no horses around him and to keep that sort of even gallop up yep is uh is a credit to josh and and the clock in his head you know because it's it can't be easy to do that i, was, I certainly got don't have that skill set i was just saying about confidence mm. how much of that ride is dependent on them and how much they take off the trainer and and if if they had like say a, a trainer come up to them that was like look today we're gonna hold this we're gonna take a sit and there's yeah. no way in hell like he he's on the horse he knows it's not gonna be able to take a sit it's not gonna have that kick but someone's asked him to do it how much of his own initiative will he will will the boys take uh, again it's a, you, you've got trainers whereby you know that if you don't ride this horse the way they want it written you, yep. you'll get a three month spell you know that that yep. you won't they won't come near you and it, regardless if you win the race or not like there's there's been situations where the boys have won races and they've been taken off the horses because the trainer's not happy with with how they got the result, which is, mm. you know, each to their own. You can't you can't knock trainers. There's there's so many layers, as you said. To there could be an owner, could be anything, yep. any reason why things happen. You've just got to sort of roll with the punches. But most trainers give them a pretty artistic license to you know they've especially ones who get to know I get to know them as well the trainers you know so when we try often talk to the trainers about races and 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 the ones that have I think the ones that have previously been riders are the best because they understand yeah once the gates open all hell breaks loose you know you don't know it's it's irrelevant what your pre-race plan was if it goes to it you know it's a guide and yeah. if it goes to it it goes to it if there's a reason a reasonable explanation for whatever happens once those gates open happens, they're, they're happy. Yep. You know, it's, it's, um, it's some, some aren't, you know, but that's, that's each of their own, it's their horse, you know, it's their, their owners, it's their livelihood. So that they get to make the decisions for their horse and that's it. Uh, what was the name? Was it young Queensland apprentice? There? Was it Corey Bayless? They just got done. For yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Corey six, Bayless just got done. Yeah. Six yeah. weeks. If you were the, 
manager of him wow. like that was just like he didn't deserve that whatsoever what so I, i'm not I, i'm not i haven't read it letter for letter but what i understand is that he was taken in and he pled guilty to not giving he like he basically put his hands up and said yeah listen if i had it over i would have taken that run yeah um to me i think it's a bit of a shame that he was if he if he wasn't in there with someone else helping him yeah um, yeah yeah they kind of, because yeah for sure I don't believe, like, I, I, you know, that horse that pretty well, Tumbler, it was always going to be last. It was always going to be on the fence. The kid yep. claims three, yep. right? Yep. Uh, to me, uh, it's a split-second decision outside, inside. They've gone really slow. So Eight horse it's field. not really a situation where you want to think, you, yeah, you, it's, you know, if you're defending him, you go in there and you say, listen, I, you know, we've obviously gone slow. I didn't want to give up an inch of ground if I had to uh, because they're going to come home quick and I've got to save every bit of ground I can. Yeah. I made the decision not to come around them because I didn't think I could, you know, do it. And and in hindsight now, maybe I should have. But you, 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 and even then, I don't, I can't believe, you know, it's, it's a pretty controversial thing, I guess. And I don't, Six you know, to get involved in well, a kid. It, it does seem excessive and, and you're just not sure whether, you know, that, that if, if that happened to an apprentice, I was look like I've actually helping out that Quade Crow at the moment, the kid who's come down from Queensland because yep, yep. he's moved to Gaze. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be upset, you know, if if, if, he, if a similar situation happened with him and he got six weeks because I don't think he learns anything from it. They don't. And, yeah. um, and I think all it does is take his confidence away. It takes the yeah. confidence away in trainers to put him on a short price favourite. Yep. Uh, when, when, he's, when he's possibly made a little mistake, and obviously the horse was a good thing beaten, but the it setup was. was just as big as a... Yeah. And a fault than the, than the kid that was on it, you know, yeah. like uh, it's it's not as if he's you know Blake Shin or, or or Josh Parr or Tim Clark or Hugh Bowman. He he's just learning his trade, so he's, best he's allowed to make mistakes, and that's why he's got a three kilo claim. I was going to say that actually, you got to factor that into your head that that they they are like younger in their apprenticeship and and they are going to make mistakes every now and again. Yeah, not, silly. not perfect, and not that, human. Silly. Week, Even doctors week, do it, you know. Weeks, Absolutely, and we did that prove Larka situation uh, or the similar horse. And again, I, I think I've only watched the replay once, but you know the the, the mass uh, social media and build up on, on that situation where the kid made a poor decision has that in, uh, impacted on this you know this kid's yeah. decision and like not his decision as in the decision made against him. Um, yeah, it's just a tough one. It's a yeah, tough one. I feel sorry for the kid. How do you take it? Like, say, uh, God forbid, uh, Timmy or Josh have like a bit bit of a shocker. Um, yep. the, the racing community is pretty harsh. Uh, how, how do you take it? The, the defence. I've, I've got to be really careful because yep. like I'm, I'm a, I've keyboard warriors probably the bad situation, but it's so easy to, to chime in when you see someone making a. Yeah, Twitter's bad for that. Uh, it is be like it's a jump to conclusion so quickly, and you want to defend them to a certain degree. Where like I'm, I'm pretty realistic. Whereby you know, in any sort, like I've got a chat room and that on my own site, and if someone, if one of the boys put in, I'm happy to. Say so, yeah, like you've made a poor decision there or whatever, and the, and the boys are the same. They're happy to put their hand up. So I gave that a saw back. Yeah. it's not. Um, it's just that it's just the guys who are really vocal that really have no idea that really hurt you because they don't understand the, when they go out there so vocally. And and not the, most of the racing community really isn't that educated on yeah. what what really happens. You know, like they watch a race and they don't think about why why this happened, why that happened. Mm. They don't see the the the, the underlying yeah, reasons for things. Exactly. Yep. And you, you want to jump in there, but I try and stay off it as much as I can, especially in defending or, you know, I'll point out a praising thing or thank a 
thank some owners or connections every now and then for putting them on. But other yeah. than that, I try and stay really neutral. I think this is maybe another reason why I'm just hearing all this and it's sort of starting to resonate with me why I'm definitely not a manager. Because if that happened to one of my clients, You'd blow I would up. <laughs> walk in, I'd rip the door off the steward's room and choke slam a steward through a coffee table. That's pretty <laughs> Mate, I reckon, I've, I reckon my greatest weeks? workout for the week is, is deleting um, <laughs> yeah. is deleting tweets, not 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 actually posting. Yeah, yeah, them, just deleting you, write, you write them out. And then you just delete, yeah. it. You get it out of your system, you go, write them out, leave it on Tim, the table. I get Tim's voice in my head. He's like, John, <laughs> get off Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You need John, to pump the brakes. Stay away from Twitter. And you do it like if, if, if Tim slaughters one or Josh slaughters one or whatever and it happens, yep. mate, I'm away from the computer for the next two hours because I know that if, if, if there's a flinch situation and there's a, if I think there's a reason for why it happened yes, uh, and I know that I'll, I'll be on the defence, I just, just run and hide because yep. uh, it's the best form of defence yeah. <laughs> in this situation. Absolutely. Um, now, you actually, you're probably going to need your, your best form of attack here in the next segment. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we've uh, had a great interview and uh, we've covered every base, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. But uh, we don't let any of our guests get out of here without having a little bit of fun. So uh, you've been <laughs> gracious enough to uh, enlighten me with uh, just uh, on the back of the Open Championship just finished. Um, yes. I am an avid, we're, we're sport and golf fans. Now, I'll, we I'm do it cha- all. We're, yeah, we're challenging you to, uh, we're going to have a bit of a roundtable discussion about the five best slash entertaining slash funniest, uh, what, it, your interpretation is going to be great. Uh, the five best golf course names I- in PGA. Are you are you down? Are you are you ready? Have I'm you got- down. I'll have a, I'll have a shot at the title. I did, I did spend a bit of time in America playing golf and try, attempted to be some sort of oh, humble brag. golfer. Humble and brag. and uh, if anyone can come up with brag. a stupid name, it's an American. Oh uh, god, yeah, it's an yeah. American. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right then. Uh, what I'll do is uh, we'll we'll do a bit of a snake draft. All right. I'm not sure if you're aware of the snake draft. The, no, no, no. Okay, so it'll go it'll go me, then Rolls yep. Reese, and then you, <laughs> and then you go twice, and then we go back. To Rolls Reese, and oh, then I go, and then I go like twice. Fair it up. It's not like MasterChef where I just hit up on the last. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. No, it's not like uh, the Syrian deer hunter, the Syrian deer hunter, where he's like has the Russian roulette and he just points the gun and goes, "Mow." <laughs> no, so uh, I'll go first. So. Um, this is going to be great. My I'm really. First time in a snake draft. This is actually. Yeah, uh, yeah you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, your first time in the snake. And uh, I will warn you, it's easy to get lost in the snake. Very easy. <laughs> so just remember the order you're in. Okay. So I'll go first. Um, my first cool or entertaining golf course name is Pebble Beach Links. Going with an easy one. All right. Putting it out there. Well, yeah. I'm just softening blow. I, I like Pebble Beach Links though because it kind of sounds like a, a track in Mario Kart. It sounds like really <laughs> cool. And you can get around it fine, but actually it's a course that will rip your fucking soul out of your heart. So uh, that's that's my number one. Okay. Um, Rolls-Royce, it's your turn. Uh, TPC Shawgrass. Sawgrass. 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 Yes. Yeah, got, okay. a, got a lish there. Yeah. Um, do you know what a TPC is? I know, t- tournament players course. Oh, like that or damn. Tournament, yeah. tournament players club. Pretty close. Pretty yeah, close. Okay. Uh, this close, is actually yeah. the uh, the birthplace of the uh, TPC of the events. Yeah, TPC Sawgrass. Yeah. yeah. Okay, TPC. it's up to you, mate. You got two on the snake draft. Mate, I go wider. I, I think I think the course that, that most intrigued me, sort of travelling around there, was a place called Devil's Knob. Goddess. Yeah, you took yours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's in. Uh, where is it? Where is it at? Rolls Royce. You've got that one. Uh, it's in Virginia. Virginia. Virginia? Hey, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Virginia. I think that's that. That of all of all the sort of names that you could come up with and actually get through. Like I sort of think, could that pass as a horse name? Like. 
Yeah. I don't know whether this is G-rated or PG-rated, but we've oh, got a... You can uh, say fuck on air. Put it that way. Yeah, you... we've, got, we've got a horse <laughs> by Dream ahead. We've got a horse by Dream ahead who, who's going through. And, and, like, obviously we're not really talented with names. Like Bill and Ted's our first horse. Yeah. And I did I did see there was, so there's, say, seven people in this horse, and three of them put in the suggestion Dream of Head. Oh, <laughs> we, um, and I was trying to work can't. out whether that could get through. We, and, we, we and thought about sort of, it's sort of on the level with Devil's Knob. I there, think there, there's, uh, how there's, that got through as a name. There's a racehorse called the Glass Barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, did, for, for people like that don't a, know what a glass like barbecue a is, really it's, it's heavy a very heavy drug, drug <laughs> paraphernalia. Yeah. yeah, that's like yeah, the, the yeah, that's the, I'll, when I read it, I was like, nah, that was not part. Of that. <laughs> but it's in Adelaide See, though. So next Tuesday, I saw someone put up on uh, it's it's like spelled S I. You next see you next Tuesday. I have seen that. I always wanted to uh, call call one my face. So when it's coming down the straight, what do you call him? Come on my face. Come on my face. (laughs) Uh, So you got the snake draft. Have you done two? Next one. Going next one. Oh, the uh, snake draft. Snake draft gets you. I was around the corner from uh, when I was living in Melbourne for a very short period. I got out of there as quick as I could. There was a joint called Growling Frog. I could never work out. Stay away from that frog. Out in the middle of nowhere, I asked it like asked around why, 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 why? No, nah, no yeah. one could offer me why it was called growling frog, but it was a bit of a funny one. Yeah, cool. I got another one. Uh, Baghdad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go golf, golfing in Baghdad. It's a little bit risky, isn't it? Yeah. Except this one's isn't in. That uh, where from, uh, that's where from. That's where from. from there, right? Bubba's from. Baghdad. Baghdad. Oh, it it yeah. would be from there. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, fun Casey? fact: I was born in Baghdad. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. Baghdad in Hobart. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's spelled the same, B A G D A D. Yeah, there's yeah. a few of them around. <laughs> there is, yeah. Not the H. Not yeah. There's no no, no bombs involved if it doesn't have. I don't the think. H. I don't think the H is the pro- the difference between. The- <laughs> <laughs> a few more. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, a funny one. Crooked stick. It's in India. <laughs> the crooked, in India, the, cro- the crooked stick. Yeah, yeah. And I it's think the ex- crooked stick in India is a lot cheaper to join than the crooked stick. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, if you had, uh, uh, imagine if you had the crooked stick and devil's knob, like uh, <laughs> a crooked stick. <laughs> Another one, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna That's go. All you're allowed to use a devil's knob is a crooked stick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a, a little bit left of field here. We've got the uh, Kapalua Plantation. Have you heard of that one? Hawaii. They used to play the first event there. I think. Yeah. Year, is it, or is it, Just yeah. funny, funny because like technically, like they have the the plantation is right with the. Because you got trees and shit, but like plantation is also like like weed, <laughs> or or or, or it's either weed or like a or, uh, or a uh, what do they call them? A, uh, when you got a heap of a cult, a plantation. Having spent six weeks there in America, there at the end of the year, I don't think there's any shortage of weed. I know they're starting to sort of legalize it everywhere, but it's <laughs> ac- oh my god! Like yeah. it is just the prevailing smell of America now. You weren't in Denver, were you? That's where it starts. <laughs> well, very, very short. And uh, San Francisco, my sister sort of moved there. That was oh, the main honey. reason for our trip. Yeah. Up in San Francisco. Heck. Holy heck. It's, oh, uh, my God. Did you get your rollerblades out? <laughs> Everything but. I only died there. <laughs> Other than that, I was good. What a low joint. Right, oh, no, I've got uh, hope. No, no the snake, snake draft. So it goes back to him and you finish with the two. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I follow draft. it. I follow it. Yeah, yeah. So everyone it. gets the two, right? Mm-hmm. So it's back to you, bud. Where I was, uh, I, I was sort of stationed in North Carolina when I was there for the most of my time. And South Carolina, obviously, next door, Myrtle Beach, great golf courses. And there yeah. was a place called True Blue, yeah. which uh, yeah, which sort of made me feel a little oh, bit more at home. That's True great. Blue Country Club. You get VBs mm. at every like every at the end of the night. 
I was I was in there. I was like, you started to use a bit of rhyming slang in the in the pro shop, and they're just looking at me yeah. like I, I probably talk everyone over there. You talk too fast. What yeah, are you yeah. saying? <laughs> and the guy in the pro shop and South Carolina, even slower. The guy's like, man, I got no idea what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You, you think we've got a laid back? Stuff we've got a laid back <laughs> accent. And you think how are they not handling what I'm saying? I'm saying, g'day, fella. And they're like, yeah, nah, mate, yeah. nah, what the hell? What the hell are you talking about? This is your, this is your, you know what true blue means, mate? You understand what it yeah, means? Yeah, true no, blue. Yeah. No, yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't. And I was just like, it was just, yeah, deaf. Mate, they can't even so point nothing. out, they can't even point out their own country on a map. So, snake draft. Snake draft. <laughs> snake draft. Uh, it's, it's you. It's I've you got, got I got hope. Uh, it's in Arkansas because everybody needs a bit oh, of hope. Arkansas? Yeah, Kansas. Arkansas? You did that. How uh, how do you say? You're not going to be a friend of Bubba's anytime soon. Fine. Bubba's not going to stand for that. Did you really just say Arkansas and mean it? I, I, <laughs> I have an American moment here, mate. Arkansas, <laughs> man. It's funny that you got Kansas and then you got. Oh, I can see what you did there. Arkansas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you no, did. You did ask me to do this hilarious. last night, and I had quite a big weekend. So hilarious, man. give us some slack. Maybe it was Kansas. Fucking you Kansas. Maybe who knows? Ah, Kansas. <laughs> Maybe man, I, you, you know what? No, you know what I've up. done. I think it might be Kansas, and I've put an I started. I started to write Arizona, and I was like, oh no, it's actually Kansas, and then I just haven't oh, deleted the R. Whatever I've done. Anyways, and also pitch and pitch this podcast to as many people as you can because the more love we get, the the better. But. Thank you very much for joining us. I'll let you go. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'm sure you're not doing much. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say Warren Race 4 is coming up. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, don't, don't, don't forget your doctor's appointment on the 8th as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just yeah, in case. Yeah, make, sure, <laughs> make sure you're there early because uh, if you're there one minute late, doctors will just like make you reschedule. They're assholes. Dr. Claire, she's not, she's not very forgiving, Dr. Claire. Yeah, no, nah, they never are. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you very Thanks, much. mate. Take care. Cheers. Man, what a good interview. Cracker. Sensational guy. Give us a good uh, peel back behind the curtains. We uh, understand exactly how that sort of shit goes. And a great guy. And I think we'll have to hook up some sort of oh, golf absolutely. tournament there with the two boys. The off the bit boys are always uh, going to bring bat and ball and go wherever. Um, speaking about bat club, and ball. Club and ball? Club. Uh, look, it's a general term. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about the NRL review? Hubie's back. Yeah. Want to hear him? Let's, let's go. Let's go to Hubie. Round 19 saw the National Rugby League drowning and the referees have their foot on its head. As we take you to the ADZ Stadium on Thirsty Thursday and my drink of choice for this match? Poison. Because this was about as easy on the eyes as acid rain. Dogs captain Josh Michael Jackson needs to take a good look at the man in the mirror and behind the glass as the Canterbury Shitstown Bullfrogs continue to excrete poisonous shitty shitty play from the pores of the back of their fat necks. Forward Clay Priest hyperextended his left arm in an injury not uncommon with priests. And in a power play eight points down with eight minutes left, the dogs decided to go for two in a defiant act of independence against winning cultures. Hassler's critics are screaming, off with his head, and the Eels supporters are screaming, Bring out your dead. Paramats are 14. Cancer who gives a fuck? To Shark Park, and if I learnt nothing from my time in Vietnam, it's that someone needs to run up to the bunker and throw a fucking grenade in it, as Stevie Wonder and the Misfits keep singing the same old tune and how to really piss off a nation of rugby league supporters. And just like waking up next morning to the village bike, horrible, horrible decisions. 
Ricky Alf Stewart said in no uncertain terms, Flaming hell, you bunch of fucking piss-weak fuckstick cunts. You cost us a flaming fucking season, you dung-punching, fuck-boxing fucking drongos. Oh, something to that effect. And I can't comment too much further for fear of being sanctioned. Sharkies escape with a warning. Naughty boys, 28-24. To Suncorp and the Penrith Panthers got fucked. And in an act of dominance, the MILF pulled Nahurunara's hair and said, You fucking like that? As on the on-fire Broncos took them into the panic room for 50 shades of grey, the mountain men, for 80 minutes. The New South Wales halves of Balloonie and Klingrap were shadows of themselves that they had no answer for the staunch defence and fly-by-night approach. I'm keeping one eye on the Broncos this postseason and my lazy eye on the Panthers. 50-18. to 18. To the Gold Coast and for a foreign a region known for its amphetamine use, it's physically obvious that Titans are abstaining from the culture as they are all globs of chubby matter. In a game that had everything to play for except the season, and the return of Mitchell the Bitchell was hampered only by the truth setting in that they have already played Canterbury and you will have to wait until the offseason to fuck the dogs. Knights shine in a pointless one, 30 to 24. To ANZ Stadium we go, and no Wikipedia, it is not a New Zealand airline. Nearly 26,000 punters turned up to see the worst ending to a 300 since the Spartans, as the great mythical creature himself, John Sutton, sunk back into the murky depths of mediocrity that has seen him outlast people that actually try in their matches. It was enough to make Russell's PR people hold his phone for fear of it projectiling across the mezzanine into Anthony Seabold's forehead as the bunnies, bunnies got myxomatosis, 22 points to 6. To Townsville now, and you can take that 1-300 small stadium shit and shove it up your fucking ass, mister, because this is Jonathan, the turtleback Thurston's last hurrah, and he's going out the way of the other Queenslanders' has-beens, in a pit of fucking misery, so please send him the are you okay text, because he's getting, he's probably guessing himself in his Audi 5000 as the cowgirls got dragged out the back of the rodeo and tag-teamed by a bunch of dragon slayers. 24 to 10 the scoreline. To the weather now, and a horrendous storm has swept across the Tasman on Sunday and levelled a little Kiwi town called Hope, as the fiery low-pressure system sucked the talent right out of the hapless warriors in a match where Cameron Smith's chin was on Tinder actively seeking like-minded chins in the area and proceeded to knock one off. And just like in uh, Going Raw, luckily did so without repercussions. It's been a steep fall from grace for the NZers. Melbourne swipe right, 12 points to 6. And, finally, I'd like to deliver my final match in slam poetry. Bam! Suck. You do. Manly. Boo. Boo earns. You earn. Spoon. Spoon wooden. Wouldn't you burn? Put in urn. Put in earth? What on earth? The fuck was that? 56. Clickety clicks. Suck your own dicks. 24. Thus quote the raven. Manly fan. Nevermore. Back to you in the studio. Boys.
Man, god damn. That's, uh, that's heavy, morbid. heavy Hubie. It's a, it's heavy a, is the head that wears Scott the crown. got me shook. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I don't know where I'm going. I don't I know. I feel like I need to go and have like a shot yeah, of tequila same, after that. Man. God damn it. Shot, shot of heroin? Shot, shot of something. What are you doing to us? I feel like I've had a shot of heroin after doing to us, Hubie? Ruined me. Shit, he wears his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he, the guy? Yeah, mate. I don't know if I can keep going. Oh, no way. I'm, I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to keep going to a bar somewhere. Drown <laughs> my sorrows. Scotch on the rocks. Mm. Man, big time Ben. Cue the music. See you all next week, man. Says. <laughs> Yeah.